One thing that I, that came to mind when you were speaking about um, selecting music, pieces of music to play where you know there are some nice parts for um, you know each of the sections that you're working with. Um, is there a particular and I'm guessing this is like classical music that you're selecting, right? Or do you do modern stuff? Yeah, or? we do lots of different styles. Okay. Like that, that's another thing. Like I want them to feel connected. And obviously classical music is important and kind of like a foundation for a lot of what our instruments were in history designed <laughs> to do, I guess. Right. But like, so that's important, but it's not the only thing. And I want to expose them to like as many different genres as possible. Okay, cool. So we don't just do classical music. Right. Okay. Because yeah. I was curious to know, it, have you found at this point in your experience, like have you found certain genres or types of songs work really well in terms of sort of like, I'm just trying to think about it. Like, you know, would it be easier to find cool sections if you're sort of redoing a pop song or is it, is it, would you find that with like, say a piece of actual mm. classical music, like maybe. Well, Beethoven or that's a really good question. I actually think it depends on the arranger and how oh, well it's been constructed okay. or arranged. So like, Kids often tend to really like fiddle music because there's so many notes and they're, they're playing really fast. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but if you get an arranger who only puts it all in the violins, then like all the in other instruments are bored. But if you get an, in or an arranger who kind of spreads that out throughout the sections throughout the piece, then it'll be more exciting for them. Right. So, I mean, that can be said, I think, for like any like pop, jazz, rock, whatever. So... I guess like if the bass has like, let's say we're doing a pop song and the basses have like a really cool like bass line, you know, they're going to love that piece. Mm -hmm. And, and then if like the, the arranger kind of intertwines the parts really interestingly, if it's a good arrangement, the kids are going to like it. So right. as a teacher, I'm, I'm actually like thinking as a composer as well. Right. Like, so like, how mm. is this music constructed and, and will like psychologically, will it be exciting for the right, kids right yeah that's but it's, it's conducive of participation right and mm -hmm. and and participation just develops interest at the end of the mm -hmm. day because you're right if some kid's just there playing root notes you know for the whole the whole class that's mm -hmm. like that's great but also it's like if you have that cool like individual piece and spread it mm -hmm. amongst everybody everyone's mm -hmm. just more engaged can mm -hmm. you can you i don't know if uh if this is possible but yeah. can you can you think of one song or piece of music that you did where oh, yeah. it just landed where everyone loved it and or it, i don't know if the, something comes to mind um well actually so, something just came to mind it wasn't a piece that we did as a class but it was a piece that the kids actually chose to do for a smaller group ensemble work during mm. covid mm. so uh covid was interesting because it was <laughs> yeah like yeah but we did a lot of online stuff and we actually yeah. did some of those online videos and i actually asked the grade 12s like if there was because it was their last year in right in t that like i felt so bad for them because i'm like oh you're grade 12 year and it's COVID. so like right. what do you want to do like what's mm -hmm. one piece that like, you've never done that you want to do that like maybe i can facil facilitate doing uh or yeah i could facilitate you performing online mm -hmm. and um so this one group chose the song jai ho from uh Oh my gosh, Slumdog Millionaire. Okay. Oh. Composed by A.R. Rahman, the composer. Okay, right, right. Um, and so it's really upbeat. It's 
it's really cool. There's there's a lot of really interesting rhythms in it. And they really wanted to do it, but there was like no string quartet arrangement for right, it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as a group between the students and myself, like I facilitated them, but um, I had them kind of do their own arrangement of it. And then I cool. asked them, like I put a, a solo section in the middle. So I asked each instrument to come up with their own solo in that solo section. Cool. And then they, it took a few months, but, and they're in grade 12, so they could do this. I wouldn't give this to grade nines. Right. Grade nines, I'd just be like, here's the notes, learn it. Right. But grade right. 12 is like, no, we can, we can play with this. And, um, and so they loved it. They chose it. They, they did the arranging, they recorded it and they did it on like videos on their phone from home. And then I kind of like had help putting it together as wow. a video. And then that was something that like, actually, now that we have that arrangement, I want to do that again with like the full class. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. So that's so cool. Yeah. And I love the, I love the autonomy that you, um, you gave these, your students mm-hmm. there, especially recognizing the circumstances, just, just kind of like, okay, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Things are pretty wild right now. Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? do? And also like, you know, yeah. um, encouraging you, um, or encouraging them to sort of take the reins and really make it their own, right? Yeah. Because that's sort of tying back to what you were saying before in terms of one of the one of the strategies of you as an educator, as an instructor, is to sort of, you know, create the means so that or provide the platform, whatever it is, so that someone is able to just learn themselves and kind of, um, you know, again, collaborate, like all those things. Also, I just want to say, no surprise here as a teacher, but like the <laughs> amount of hats that you wear, oh, just yeah. as like I can't believe it because you just talked about like the last thing you said was like so I did some video editing at the I end. Know. It's just like oh. oh my gosh, you're like the all-in-one production house. You're like well, playing, teaching, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, talking about like I'm sure time management. Talking about how do you get along with other people, you know? Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then now putting all that, um, or more yeah. recently rather, putting that through the virtual platform and then having to do that. Mm. Oh my gosh! Wow. So kudos to you. That's that's amazing. Well, let's, that's actually Thanks. a good segue. Let's shift. Okay. Let's shift focus. So, okay. like, you know, by day you're this um, kind of like a musical superhero. You're this like mild mannered, <laughs> like yeah. you you're know, so nice. educator. And then by night you're this like total badass who plays in shows. Like, <laughs> so tell us a bit more about like that experience for you. Like as a musician, mm-hmm. um, what are some of your favorite aspects about playing live, playing with other people, doing like more things that like a little less of like this is the curriculum, this is the education piece, and now I get to have fun and also like you know, kind of pursue that thing. Like what, what are some of the things that you get out of performing live and, and just kind of collaborating you as, as a musician yourself? Um, well, I love learning from other people and playing with other people and seeing how talented, like the people in bands that I play with are and mm. like getting ideas from like what they do and stealing them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, it gives me like tools mm. to work with right. and then to like bring to my students. Right. Um, so it's it's very kind of like selfish actually (laughs) like i think of the music that i do at night is more for me Mm -hmm, and then and then the music that i do during the day is like for the kids so it's nice just to be like when i'm playing and performing just in bands or in orchestras or whatever i'm doing it's nice to be like part of a big group and not necessarily the facilitator of the group or like the conductor or the band leader or whatnot like i I love that role, but I also love being the musician and Mm -hmm. it it makes me see it from the student's perspective as well. So, so it's like, it's actually like professional development, but, (laughs) but, but it's also just fun. Like I also love just being in the spotlight too and like Mm -hmm. having a violin solo and everybody like thinking it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. (laughs) 
so i mean it's so interesting how the the like you know daytime you and nighttime you they're different versions but they sort of reciprocate within themselves you know and uh and and that's great and i think that back to you as an instructor the that passion that you would have from you know nighttime you you would take that passion for playing music and sort of creating music and performing music with other people and things like that you know obviously that passion then just translates itself back into teaching and then Mm -hmm. it's so interesting how yeah again you wear like a certain set of hats when you're teaching and then that kind of carries you back into the like nighttime you where you're Mm -hmm. like okay it's a really really cool um you know we always talk about sort of this idea of kind of like front of house and back of house you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like in the music context there's the performer but then there's the Mm -hmm. back of house person that's doing sound Mm -hmm. or especially when it comes Mm -hmm. to recording Mm -hmm. and it feels like it's almost the same kind of process for you right where you Mm -hmm. you kind of wear Again, just it keeps saying wearing hats, but mm-hmm. you have that perspective of like front of house and back of house, you know, mm-hmm. super cool. Yeah. And also like two different styles of learning, right? Like I've, I like for me, I've never had formal education in music, but like I've when I especially when I was younger, I would learn just by watching other people or being like, mm-hmm. oh, what, what what did you do there? Like, mm-hmm. how did you do that? Mm-hmm. How did you, you know, um, do that little riff or lick or something? Right. Yeah. So I think like as a musician, like for me, at least like that's something that resonates because that's how I learn. Right. Yeah. It's just kind of interacting with other people well it's like so interesting that you mentioned that because that is another reason i like playing in bands because it stretches my mind in that different way because Mm. when i was a kid i went through like classical training and i didn't know like violins could play in rock bands until like i heard dave matthews (laughs) it would be dave matthews for sure yeah and that was a that was an electric violin too right the Uh, thing that the guy played or was it i don't remember I, well i don't know i've been to like some dave matthews concerts and he seemed to be playing like a regular violin but um just like maybe with a pickup or something mm-hmm. right right but i don't know for for sure i would have to like research that mm-hmm. <laughs> but i'll but, take your word for it yeah. you just, i think you know better than me so yeah boyd tinsley uh, but right. uh he like he was like the first violin sound that i heard in a rock band like in my teen years and i was like what is this right mm-hmm. <laughs> hold on you can do Wait, that what yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then after like since then i i kind of just like found more things like bob dylan had a violin sometimes mm-hmm. and like the beatles had violins obviously yeah. and so yeah. then i started like trying to learn all those things but because of my classical training like i would want to have sheet music in front of me so i would what i would do would i would actually like take a dave matthews solo and then um like I, we didn't have like things that could slow down the music. So I would just, cause I'm that, I'm that old. <laughs> so, so I would just like on my like tape player, I'd be like, rewind it, go, go back to that again, rewind it and like listen to it a hundred times and write out mm. as many of the notes as I could get so wow. that I could have it on sheet music and then relearn it from there. And that was like such a good exercise for my ear. Mm. Um, and then I would memorize it note for note. So basically I was lifting the solos. Right. And then people would play Dave Matthews and jam and I'd play the solo and be like, what? How did you even do that? Yeah, right. I'm like, no, that took like hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that took like that hours. Was, no big deal. Yeah. 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 Like, that wasn't off the cuff. I didn't that just was like a lot of, figure yeah. that out. But then over the years, that's that was kind of like the first step into learning by ear. And then mm. when I graduated university and then like my friends from camp, they still wanted to jam and play in bands and so they would have their own music that wasn't on a cd mm. or anything and i'd have to learn it in rehearsal and then remember it for the next rehearsal right, right, and so right. that was like a brain teaser for me because i was used to just having music in front of me so of it took course. me like years to get better at learning by ear and that's mm. actually something i want to teach my kids from this the start because it, i wish it was a skill that i had learned since i was a kid so mm, right. like you were saying like just learning from other people mm-hmm. and like kind of hearing them and playing and 
and using your mind in that way that is such an important skill i think it's just as important if not more important than reading yeah Mm -hmm. like sort of the duality of it right like we we Mm -hmm. always with a lot of the young people that we work with we we just say a lot that like there's no rules to music right Mm -hmm. there's or there's, there's no right way to do music you know there's some wrong ways um and there's some ways that like might help you sort of build that foundation and understand why things might work better than other things, but there's no right way to do it at the end of the day. Right. So it's this sort of, um, confluence of those two like trains of thought of like, you know, that formal education and this is why things sound good in this context. And also just, this is music, have fun with it and -hmm. just make a mess, you know, to a certain degree. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's like, it's something I think that you've you've continuously highlighted this throughout is it's just like the idea of as a musician, a big part of that is playing with other musicians, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like there's this notion of collaboration. There's this idea that you're almost, you know, you're members of a team and you all have this shared goal. You're mm-hmm. this, this performance, you know, you all want to do your best individually so that collectively as a group, you're able to perform and do, do it to the best of your ability. But then also just this idea that, there's so much learning that's involved when uh, when you are playing with other people. And it's like another way, just like a performance, it's another way when mm-hmm. you sort of take the stuff that you learn at home by yourself and all the homework that you've done. Mm-hmm. Now you're putting it into practice and you're kind of like, oh, you know, I did okay that time. Or maybe like, oof, like that's- I got blown out of the water there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and, it, and it's interesting that um, for yourself and I think for a lot of musicians, but as you've identified it for yourself too, it's just that idea of, knowing when to kind of drop the theoretical, exactly. the more like mm-hmm. technical approach mm-hmm. and when to feel it and when to use your ear. And like, mm-hmm. it's all important. Like it's, it's sort of like the idea of there's no right way to do it. It's just like, that's all good stuff. You know, it's not to say that one approach mm-hmm. is better than the mm-hmm. other. It's just kind of all part of the process, but man, it's just so eye opening when you play with other people, because it's kind of like, I always use this analogy of, the double Dutch jumping rope mm-hmm. where it's like you might do skipping, like do a uh, jump rope on your own. But when other people are doing the rope and you got to find that rhythm and then jump in and jump out again, it's like that's jamming on a solo in a song that someone else wrote. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's just like that's also a skill in and of itself where you really only are able to hone that craft and hone that skill when you play with other people and you do that enough times that that language becomes familiar, you know? Mm. And, uh, and again, so it's cool to hear you say that that resonates for myself as well. Just, I remember being young and I kind of noodled around from on the guitar, but then pretty early on went into lessons. And I remember for a few years that followed a big part of me growing as a musician was kind of leaving that stuff behind and forgetting about it. And Mm. that also happened to coincide with, um, playing with other people. So it sounds like the the genre of rock or at least approximately Mm -hmm. that was the thing that kind of pulled you out of your more classically trained Mm -hmm. uh, and and so with that being said do you find that that's still music that you prefer to play these days or has that evolved to different genres yeah yes and yes okay (laughs) right right yeah um like i just love playing in a loud rock band honestly Mm. yeah (laughs) it's so much fun Mm -hmm. yeah um and it's just like the power of drums and bass and electric guitars and a singer and Mm. everyone and then Mm. i'm like also playing it just feels Mm. so good to be part of that yeah that vibe like literally like one time i was playing in a band that was so loud that the drums 
were vibrating the floor and I could feel like the mm. vibrations in my skeleton as right. I was playing. It was so cool. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, I like the songwriting of rock music and stuff too, but I, I also just like how loud it can be right. <laughs> when you're on stage. Yeah. But the um, very like visceral aspect yes. of the whole process. Yeah. yeah. But I've also like branched out into lots of other genres as well. And, right. you know, I, I guess I'm most familiar with kind of like folk rock kind of music and okay. classical. Those would be my strengths. But, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I don't know. I've been like, you know, I've been on recordings for lots of different styles of music. And um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some other bands that I've been in um, that haven't been rock. Now let me think. Well, <laughs> and also as, as you're thinking about that, I recall, I think somewhat recently you played a solo show. Is that I correct? did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So this Thanks is sort of this is the opposite of that where you're like, you know, in a big rock band where it's like super loud and you happen to be this like lovely mm-hmm. addition to mm-hmm. the sound and like as a as a um, spectator, I'm sure anyone in the crowd would be like, "Oh, cool. This band's got a violin player or mm-hmm. viola player, I should say." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you recently did a show where it was just you with your plug-in viola yeah is that right yeah yeah my like exactly so I, but it wasn't just that because i ended up bringing like everything in the kitchen sink from my, <laughs> my basement <laughs> so it was like uh i had my keyboard i had a guitar i had a microphone for singing and like obviously my instrument and some pedals and then my laptop because i didn't just want to be by myself right, <laughs> like, right it's like i need the support i need the harmony i need the bass and everything so so some songs i played the piano and sung some songs I played guitar and sung, but then most of the songs I had pre-recorded bed like backing tracks, okay, yeah. okay. and then of me playing like guitar and piano with myself, and then adding violin in the live show to that, right. so that there would be that support. But it wasn't loud music. I guess like my solo music is I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of weird. It's like <laughs> it's like I guess you could say like folk classical songwritery mm. type okay. stuff yeah. <laughs> like, i don't know right um it's emerging but it is definitely more vulnerable to be up there by yourself for sure yeah. yeah 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 and that's that's cool so yet another hat that you're throwing on there where it's like now you have that experience of sort of solo performance where you're yeah you're away from the band and you have accompaniment in a, in a different mm-hmm. type of a way but still very much the the spotlight the uh, all the attention is just cast upon you so how how was that like because in terms of attention like it's nice to have attention but it's different when you're sort of a part of a a group versus on your own like how was that for you it was really scary right yeah (laughs) like i was like uh, i had i had planned some uh, moments in the show that I could rely on being strong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that in case things derailed, I could get to those moments and be like, okay, everything's going to mm-hmm. be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Yeah. So I kind of had like a strong opening and some, a couple of strong moments in the set and then like a strong ending. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, as long as I have those, I'll be fine. And stuff did go wrong. <laughs> like- <laughs> well, this is, this is live performance. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's all part it, of it. If it doesn't go a hundred percent as planned, like, you know, you didn't do something right. Yeah, something's wrong. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I had like the mic stand accidentally was in front of the left hand of my pian, like my keyboard. Uh-oh. So as I was playing, I didn't even realize this, and I was like trying to play, and I was like, oh no, it's in my way. But I need to sing into it. And I'm like, right. what do I do? Do this, and then the backing track was going, so I'm like, I can't stop. So just, <laughs> right, right. I just kept going for half the song, and then somebody noticed like in the audience, and they came up and moved it for me. Nice. And then I was fine, but it was like the teamwork, right? Yeah. It was like. Yeah everybody's and that's the thing i learned about that show as well obviously is that it wasn't a a solo show right it was like 
there were so many people that influenced me to be the player I am. And then so many people that helped me with the tech and then mm-hmm. some like audience, you know, giving me positive energy that helped me to keep right. going. Right. So, uh, it, I don't think like, okay, so I have another one coming up, but after oh, that, cool. I don't think I need to do any more solo shows right. for a while, right. but it, it definitely is a lot different than being like an instrumentalist within a band. Mm-hmm. Right. So. That's interesting. And also mm-hmm. I was going to say, that would for sure be Wes. If you were in the crowd, you'd be like, someone's got to move that microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Get that I, microphone. I, I, I would tackle yeah, that. Yeah. Like that left hand yeah. is being blocked by the microphone. Something needs yeah. to happen well, there. Yeah. And like, that would be me too, if I was in the audience. Yeah. But yeah. when you're on stage, it's of course, like, you're, you're, you're you minds in a million yeah. places. Yeah. Um, that's funny. That's great. So in like, you know, uh, John was saying you were coming on um, the podcast and one of my all time favorite, like um, violin viola players singer songwriter classical folk Mm -hmm. people is andrew bird um and so i was just listening to a lot of andrew bird the last few days sort of in preparation of this but um you talk about sort of your styles of music but one question that we always ask people on the show Mm -hmm. what are you listening to these days that's that's such a good question yeah yeah what kind of music uh like is there something a genre some artists in particular like um um, well, I mean, like a really big influence is Dave Matthews. There's this other artist called, I think their name is called Wake Owl. Okay. Um, that they, they kind of have like just, you know, guitars and they have this violin in their band that plays really sparse solos. Hmm. And I learn a lot from just like, you don't have to play a lot of notes to sound good. Right. Um, so, and then, um, what else am I listening to? Hamilton, the sound nice, <laughs> the musical. Nice, yeah. I mean, like, I'm never going to stop listening to that. And Third Eye Blind, the self-titled album. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Listen to that a few times, um, yeah. So, but, like, I tend to listen to music. Like, I tend to th- to try and listen to music with strings in it just mm. to get ideas. But mm-hmm. then the Third Eye Blind was interesting because it doesn't really have strings. Like, there's some moments, but it's, it's not. a few peppered in, yeah. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's, like, it's a rock. That's a rock album. Yeah, yeah. So, I have to learn from guitars and from, mm. from bass and stuff, too. So, I, I, I'm trying to listen to music that, uh, you know, doesn't have strings in it as well. Right. Yeah. But would essentially assume the same role, I guess, right? Like, yeah. if you're hearing certain guitar parts and like maybe guitar solo and it's cool with recorded music too because then there might be like Mm multi-tracking so i suppose like in a way correct me if i'm wrong it sounds like what you're saying is when you listen to that stuff you're like well this isn't a violin but i can almost kind of envision it being one yeah yeah like there's a song by phil i think it's phil collins uh I forget what it's called, but something about the night was it was like the night kept going or something. Oh my god, it's a classic song, and it's it's. I wish I, I knew. Have Sorry. To go on my my phone to figure out yeah. the name. Like I'm having a blank, but anyway, I had to learn it for someone's wedding for like the party, mm. and uh, it has like the, this crazy like brass solo in it, and oh, and it's like like all these notes, and I had to learn it note by note, and it was really fun. So yeah, every once in a while, I I try and listen to something that has like a different instrument, like even like jazz where there's amazing like saxophone solos Mm. and maybe, uh, you know, it wasn't intended for the violin, but I'll try and learn that solo anyway. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. And and a great way for you to uh, continue to hone the craft uh, as a musician, right. Mm -hmm. You know, to sort of um, to recognize that uh, even if it's a different instrument, you can still kind of bring it back to your mm-hmm. your comfort zone and sort of play it through that uh, that filter, I guess, mm-hmm. as it were. So here's a funny one. Mm-hmm. Also something that we like to ask, although not all the time, but 
what is some music that you listen to that like anyone who knows you would be surprised that you listen to? So this mm-hmm. may fall into the category of like guilty pleasure mm-hmm. or just something where, you know, somebody might be like, really? <laughs> you listen to that artist? Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Just like, just like going through my, my iPhone, like sh- shuffle stuff for a second. <laughs> like in mm-hmm. my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like Justin Bieber. Okay. <laughs> there, there we go. There, that that is Perfect the definition. I, yeah. I really like. The, I, this sounds crazy, but I liked the song "Sorry" mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. like, do 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 do. I just like those types of little hooks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that just like is in my brain sometimes when I when I hear it, I'm just like, yes, I'm gonna listen to this whole song. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that seems to sort of. Um, reiterate what you just said a moment ago which is sometimes the phrasing is quite sparse but mm-hmm. it's it's in, uh it has that impact and is very powerful even though it might just be that like it's not like a full you know melody line or something like that played by a violin but, so but those types of things are so cool because no matter who you are as somebody who's into music, like everybody can understand and like hum mm-hmm. that little thing mm-hmm. at the end yeah. of that. Right. Like Dave Matthews has a mm-hmm. lot of that where it's like, yeah. nobody knows what he's saying 90% of the time, but there's like little musical like lines that you can walk away from a show or like an album and be like, Oh yeah, like th- those were cool. And you can kind of like hum them. Right. So it's very accessible. Those little types of things, right. For, for all kinds of different people in the music spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Does listening to Justin Bieber help you connect with the folks that you teach? The- <laughs> uh, I think they're probably too cool for Bieber yeah. right now. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Maybe, maybe right. not. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, if anything, you're like, hey, who likes Justin Bieber? They're like, oh, come on. Yeah, miss, that was so 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. not on TikTok. This is, yeah. This is yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, they were, they, okay, this is so weird, though. They loved the Wellerman. So when that came on, what's of- that? I, I I showed you that video that um, oh guy yes playing yes. The, the, the like a sea shanty sea shanty yeah. yeah and there is like a version with fiddle in that oh cool and they all wanted to learn it and I was like what is this <laughs> I don't even know what TikTok is <laughs> so yeah. right, like, that's right, how I right. learned what TikTok was <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I'm oh, such that's a nerd funny. I'm, nice. so, I'm so old yeah hey like, we're right there with you you yeah. know like we uh, we just found out about Instagram so yeah. no I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, we just started using it though, um, <laughs> begrudgingly, begrudgingly. Um, but Daniela, thank you so much for your time. Uh, really appreciate you sharing yeah. all these stories. It was really nice to get a sense of, you know, just how your life intersects with music and, and, you know, the impact that you have on a lot of young people and, and just kind of having fun with it. So thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. you for having me. It was so much fun. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, again, kudos to what you do. And, uh, it's so amazing that you carry this passion, whether it's daytime you or nighttime you, you know, you, you bring that passion for music. So it's amazing. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.